0: welcome to talking facts and thank you for tuning in to cancer conversations on talking facts a podcast collaboration between the university of kentucky Markey cancer center and the uk college of agriculture food and environments cooperative extension service we will share with you the latest developments in cancer prevention diagnosis treatment and research from the experts at Markey cancer center kentucky's only national cancer institute designated cancer center Talking Facts is hosted by the UK Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life.
1: Hello, and welcome to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Charles McCann, a patient financial counselor inpatient financial services at the University of Kentucky Marquee Cancer Center. Welcome, Charles.
2: Hey, how you doing?
1: Good, good. So today we're going to talk about Financial counseling, financial services that may be available to an individual or family that is coping with a new cancer diagnosis, and one of the things that I've learned through this podcast series and working with Marquee is about all the wraparound services that Marquee makes available to to their patients. And then I've also learned if someone um, is not a patient of Marquee but has been treating at an other cancer center, that there's very similar services at cancer centers across the state, and I. Assume across the country. But today we're specifically going to talk about financial counseling. And I wanted to get started with the question of, you know, obviously when someone receives a cancer diagnosis, there's no doubt that they're feeling overwhelmed and that that they have lots of questions. And probably one of the big questions is how are they going to manage their medical expenses associated with their their treatment?
2: Yes, we do have a program is called the financial assistance program. It's a UK internal charity program. Um, it's not government funded. And it's 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 a very good program actually. Um, you can actually have insurance and still be eligible. It's based on household income and number of people in the household, such as husband, wife, and minor children. You can have other family members such as aunts, uncles, cousins, but they wouldn't be counted as household members. It would just be husband, wife and minor children, biological or legal, you may have legal custody or guardianship of them. They have to be 17 years of age and younger to be counted as a household member. And if they're over 17, they'll have to be at least still be in high school. And what I've learned about this, you know, being over here in the marquee location, because we have different locations throughout the University of Kentucky Hospital. Um, And also um, we have a location in um, UK Samaritan. UK, Kentucky clinic. You can stop by any location. You don't have to be limited to, to marquee just to see me. If you just happen to have an appointment in the hospital, you can stop in P- Pavilion A. We share the desk with registration there. Um, we have a location in Pavilion H. So we have a different location that serves our patients. And what I've learned with this is that a lot of patients, they will sit at home and won't, won't, allow themselves to be treated for fear of their expenses so I try to encourage them that's the one thing that I do is encourage them to just and at least attempt to apply for the for the financial assistance program it can cover up to hundred percent oh wow of, um, yes of your of your medical expenses of what your what your insurance doesn't cover if you've been getting treated and you were not aware of the financial assistance program we can actually backdate to any active balance that you have if you are approved, if you qualify, it doesn't matter. It can be 2021. It can be 2020. It can be 2019. Long as it's not in collection, we can backdate that that approved assistance to any active balance. Like I said, if the financial assistance is primary, say you don't have a a payer, an insurance payer, and you're self-pay, if the financial assistance is, is primary, It can cover 100% or 80%. And you can apply every six months. There's no limitations. So a patient doesn't have to worry about, well, what am I going to do a year from now? Or they're telling me that I have to come in for, you know, a week for the next, you know, six months or so forth, or or seven months or eight months. It doesn't matter. You can apply every six months. Patients to, to go ahead and apply. Yeah, it's
1: amazing to know that programs um, out there like that exist because you mentioned that oftentimes patients will will stay at home and they'll be somewhat in fear uh, about the cost. And as your role as a patient financial counselor, when you meet with an individual, what are some of the questions that they commonly ask you?
2: Well, how much does this program cost? Do I have to? Do I have to pay anything to enroll? And I have to tell them no. It's it's uh, like I said, it's UK charity funded. We take down your information. And the application is very simple. It's a very simple application. I just basically tell them that, that, no, it's it's of no cost to you. We get the application submitted. I do encourage the patients to call me back because I am not a part of the review process. So I don't know the outcome of the application unless you call me back in maybe two or three weeks, three or four weeks. It takes about that long. I have not called me back. And if this hasn't been reviewed, I can email the review team and have them um, review it and get back with me. But that's one of the questions: um, what is the cost? And the other question is, how much will I be covered? And so I always like to, you know, explain to the patient, get that out of the way, because I've been doing this for actually December or be six years that I've been been in this this department. And so a lot of times I can get those out before they even ask. But those are th- those are a couple of the questions to ask: How much does it cost? To to apply? Um, what are um, how much will I be covered? How long will it, you know, will it cover me? Those are basically the three basic questions that they ask. And, and one more, can I still be approved even if I have insurance? Am I still eligible?
1: Right, right. Kind of thinking about other expenses beyond medical bills that an individual may have, especially if they're having to travel for treatment, such as gas or lodging, food, right. Um, right. those type things. If an individual is is struggling just covering the expenses of being able to get to and from treatment, are, are there services or programs available to help with those costs?
2: Uh, yes, there are. And I also get, I get those questions a lot too. Is there anything that you can do to assist me with with, with gas because I travel a long ways back and forth and how often, you know, they have to be treated for their own cancer. And so I always encourage them. I ask them, do you know or have been um, assigned a social worker? Sometimes they say yes and they say no. And then I have to explain to them, well, you know, you will be assigned a social worker. And I'm actually up here on the floor with the social workers. And so I can reach out to the social workers and 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 um, ask about a specific patient, and it, and they can go meet them at their appointment. And so if they say, yes, um, I do have a social worker, I ask them, do they know their name? And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. So, I, so the one thing I would like to put out there is get to know your social worker personally. Um, she is the person or he is the person that you would want to speak with about these type of resources whether it be lodging, whether it be gas cars, and there are other resources that I'm not familiar with that they do offer. But get to know your social worker. And when you do meet with them, keep their number handy because they're always available. And even if they're out, you know, maybe it's vacation or they they can reassign you with another social worker until the social worker you've met with comes back. So they're always available.
1: We've had the opportunity to interview several of the Marquee social workers as guests on the podcast. And like I said at the beginning, I've been so impressed with all of the services that that Marquee is able to offer to their patients and families that that are going going through treatment. Charles, as we wrap up today, kind of one final question that came into my mind when I'm thinking about just managing the, the financial costs associated with a diagnosis, is that obviously a person is going to be off work. Um, so they might be missing paychecks or maybe they don't have enough leave or whatever it may be. Um, what type of information or recommendations do you make for folks about their employer and short-term disability or long-term disability?
2: And That's a good question. I actually had to deal with this yesterday. Sometimes the patients will ask, uh, uh, where where do I go to attempt to apply for short-term or long-term disability? And that's actually through your employer. If you're not familiar with with that program, check with your HR department. You may be enrolled with a short-term disability and may not know it. And if you're not, it's something that they offer. So you always want to check with your HR department and see what benefits they have to offer. And what, you know, the enrollment period, if they do have it, when when are you eligible to apply for the short-term slash long-term disability? So that's where you want to go. Yeah.
1: And I think that's a great reminder for all of our listeners is to be checking in with your HR department. Be aware of the benefits they offer. Know when open enrollment is so that you're also pre-planning for the future summing in case something does happen and you might need those resources available to you. Cancer
2: programs, cancer policies. There, uh, sometimes your employer may offer policies for, you know, for the future, you know, you, you just you just never know. And they offer that. They offer, you know, cancer policies where you can be reimbursed for, you know, expenses relating to cancer treatment. So the financial assistance program, it, it does have some exclusions. It doesn't cover prescriptions oral prescriptions that say that uh, pills from the pharmacy. Right. It doesn't cover that and it doesn't cover dental. It doesn't cover dental. So, and those those are a couple of questions that the patients also ask us about the financial. So I want to put that out there as well, that it does not cover prescriptions.
1: Excellent. Good information to keep in mind. Charles, So, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, sharing with our listeners.
2: Thank you ha- for having me. Appreciate Have it.
1: Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. Our goal is to connect you with the latest advances in cancer research in the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast and have a suggestion for a future show topic, please message us on the UK Markey Cancer Center Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UK or visit our website at markey.uky.edu for more information. You can find University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension programs at your local Extension office or online at fcs.uky.edu. Building strong families, building Kentucky. It starts with us.